Good to see you all. We are back, back, back in the basics, basic Christianity, um, or the normal, the normal Christian life, as, as um, the title of that book. That's that we're we're still on. I was I was intending on doing chapter seven today in, in Romans. We did chapter six yes last week, um, but um, I just felt now we need to go back um, and continue in chapter six for a bit. So uh, apologies uh, for the repetition. Uh, but we're going to look at chapter six again today and, and one of the basic foundations of, of our faith is, um, of our faith is actually faith itself. <laughs> it's faith. Okay. So we'll be looking at faith this morning. So let's uh, turn again to Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us were, as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? You know that as many of us were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. For if we've been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing this, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the dead he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also, Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in, it, you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord. We, again, we just pray this morning you will just illuminate your word into our hearts, Lord, in our hearts. And um, Lord, we will see the practical uh, working of it, Lord. And just, again, I just pray for your words this morning. Amen. So, yeah, we're, we're back in the basics, uh, back to the basics again. I don't know, for maybe for some of you, you might, might feel a bit like we're going over very, very simple ground. Um, for those of you know, who know us, you all know us at this age, you know we live here in Castle Curra, and Castle Curra was built about 20, 21 years ago. Well, our side of Castle Curra, the Vale, was built 20 years ago, and then the heat on the other side was built 21 years ago, and the heat was built 20 years ago, a year after. 
and the heat and the veil, or the heat and the, the park were built a year after. And what came to light about 10 years into, uh, 10 years after the houses were built, was that there was a, a significant issue uh, with, with the houses on the, the heat side and, and the park, particularly the heat, I think. Um, and the issue was, uh, there was they were seeing cracks in, in the house, like cracks in the walls, uh, cracks in the floors, etc. And it turned out that the problem was that the foundation, there was something in the foundations that was not uh, as it should have been. It was pyrite. You may have heard of pyrite. Pyrite is known as fool's gold. It looks like gold, but it's not. Okay, it looks like gold, it's not. And it expands over time. I think it expands with heat, but it expands over time. And what happens was that the foundations of the heat and the park um, had pyrite in them. They were the quarry that was used. Uh, the quarry that was used to. Morning. The quarry that was used to um, build the foundations to get the the cement for the heat and the park was not the same quarry that was used for the veil because they were built a year later and they used a different quarry. And that quarry had um, fool's gold in it, pyrite. And as a result. A lot of work, the, the, the people were either put out of the houses for a while and the, basically the foundations had to be redone. People who had lovely floors put in had to get them uprooted, etc. Now fortunately, fortunately, the government pretty much paid for, for the accommodation and they paid for, for the, uh, the building work, that the reparation work that had to be done. Um, but it's the same with our foundations. Like we, we would love someday to build an attic in our house. Convert the attic, no, not build an attic, convert the attic in our house. Um, which there's no point converting an attic in your house, you know, if the foundations aren't right in the first, you have to get the foundations right. And the same one is with, with Christianity. There's so many things we'd love to do, but it's important that we have the foundations right. Because if we don't, after a number of years, we will see cracks appearing. Um, and we'll have to get it all redone. And praise, praise the Lord. God is gracious. He's so gracious with us that as Christians, even if we don't get everything right the first time, he'll always give us second chances. And he's even more gracious than Fingal County Council. Um, you know, he will allow that work to be redone. He will allow that work to be done, even if, if we've invested uh, wrongly. And so, again, can't emphasize enough, the reason we're doing this is to make sure that we have our foundations in place to build upon, amen. And so one of the foundations, um, key foundations is, is obviously faith. And particularly in the context of the passage that we just read in Romans chapter six, it is faith in what Jesus has done on the cross, Jesus's death on the cross, that not only did he die on the cross, but we died with him. And if we died with him, the obvious extension of that is that we're also raised with him. And if we were baptized in his death, we were also um, resurrected in the newness of life with Jesus. Okay? And if you, look, if you look at this chapter 6, you won't see the word fate mentioned once. Okay? 
If, if you look at the beginning of, of Romans, the first few chapters of Romans, Romans deals a lot with the issue of the justification of faith. So we are, our salvation, we are saved by faith. Not of ourselves, true grace, not of ourselves, lest any man should boast. But in Romans, um, <clears throat> the first few chapters of Romans, we see a lot of emphasis on faith. We are all justified by faith in him, Romans 3, uh, 28. And if you look at Romans 5, 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So faith is, is very prominent in the first part of Romans, but it's not so prominent in the second part of Romans, but it's still there. And you may remember last week, we were, uh, when we were looking at this chapter, chapter six, at the very end, I just remembered what one of the key components was faith. And actually, when I was, when I was uh, teaching here last week, my wife, Audrey, was, uh, she was praying, don't, you need to mention faith, you need to mention faith. She kept praying that you need to mention faith. And I'd finished the sermon, and as I was praying, it came to me, I need to mention faith. So I, I really feel this week we need to um, focus on faith. Now as, I, now, as I said, we don't see the word faith explicitly called out in this chapter. So why are we talking about Romans chapter 6 in the context of faith? Well, what is faith, first of all? Faith is my acceptance of God's fact. It's my acceptance of God's fact. Okay, so it's based on facts, particularly God's facts, what he has told us in the Bible, and it's my acceptance of that. That's one definition. I think it's a very good definition. And it has its foundation in the past, particularly in what uh, the finished work of Christ on the cross and his subsequent resurrection. Okay, so it's, it's a fact of something that happened in the past. When we look at the future, we're looking at hope and promises. Okay, so God has many promises for us and he has a hope for us in the future, but faith is primarily grounded in facts. It's grounded in facts, okay? And those facts, those facts are facts that have happened essentially in the past, okay? And particularly the death and resurrection of Jesus. Now, if we look at Hebrews 11, if we look at Hebrews 11, which is the, the uh, the hall of faith, we see, you know, a lot of hope in the future, but it's still based um, on, on, on what's happened in the past. And so, when we look at Romans 6, we don't see the word faith, so why are we talking about it? Well, <clears throat> because one word that I mentioned last week in particular was reckon. Okay? We are to reckon ourselves dead. 
And that is essentially another way of saying fate. And it's very particular about the past. Okay, so we gave the, the example, you know, if you have a certain amount of money, say in the offering, and you write it down, you reckon what you already have. You know you have the money, and you write it down in, in the book. You record it. Okay, and here in Romans chapter 6, Paul tells us that we are to reckon ourselves dead. Indeed to sin. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So it is based on something that has happened in the past. We died with Christ. We were crucified with Christ on the cross. That happened. Therefore, looking back at that fact, we are to reckon ourselves we are in, in faith to accept God's fact that we are dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord, just as Jesus is alive. If you look at Mark chapter 11, Jesus is talking about, about praying. Mark chapter 11, verse 24 says, Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Whatever things you ask for, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. So with the belief, when you pray that God has already done it, and that is faith, that God has already done it. And we know what we're looking at here, the context of faith, is faith in what Jesus did on the cross, particularly with reference to how we overcome sin. Okay? There's many, there's many uses of faith. You know, we, we, might, pr faith, we might be praying for something, um, you know, God and God gives people a gift of faith to pray for someone maybe who's sick or he might be praying for um, a job or whatever it is. But in particular here, what we're looking at is faith in our ability to overcome sin. Okay? So, as I said, in, in the first few chapters of Romans, it's about what Jesus did on the cross for our sins, not our sin, our sins, Jesus bearing our sins on the cross. But in Romans chapter 6, it's what we are included in that. We are included in the debt of Jesus. And Fate, the word fate, which is a lot in, in the early part of, of Romans, is replaced by this word reckon. Okay? So, 
Essentially what God is saying is that you are to reckon yourselves to be dead to sin and alive to Christ, alive to God in Christ Jesus. So, praise God, that's, that's, a, great, that's a great truth, isn't it? But the problem is, um, we still, as I said, mentioned before, we still get tempted, don't we? We still get tempted, and, and sometimes we even give in to temptation. So how do we balance the two? And as I mentioned, mentioned last week, de- the devil is always trying to question, call into question the, the, the reality, the facts about God, of God's, the divine facts, what God has said. He's always trying to call into question. And he uses our experience to do that. So when we fail, we fall, we sin, we go, mm, I'm not really, I'm not really dead to sin, am I? Because I've sinned again. So ultimately the question comes down to do we believe in our natural experience or do we believe in the word of God? Now the Bible does not say that the sin principle is gone. Okay? In our lives. It does not say that the sin principle is completely rooted out in our lives. In fact, sin, the old master is still at large. The old master is still at large. But the slave has been put to death. The old master still wants us to sin, but the slave has been put to death. So we no longer have to sin. I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. And the question for us is which facts do we live by? Do we live by the facts of our experience or do we live by the facts that we see in God's word? And to live by the facts that we see in God's word requires faith. There is actually only one definition of faith in the Bible, as far as I'm aware. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And if you dig down a bit into the the Greek, the word substance actually means substantiating. Substantiating. So what is substantiating mean? It means bringing something into 
reality. So faith is the substantiating of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Essentially, it is making real in our experience something that is already true. Okay? So what you say, well, how, what do you mean make something real in our experience that's already true? If it's true, it is real in our experience. If you go to the Louvre or um, the, the National Gallery here in, 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 in Dublin, you'll see some beautiful paintings. Unless you're blind. Okay? So if you're blind, you won't see those paintings. Unfortunately, you won't see them. Someone can describe them to you, but you won't actually be able to see them. Similarly, if you go to a concert, you hear a Mozart symphony, beautiful, Handel's Messiah, whatever, it, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. But obviously, if you're deaf, you won't hear it. Now, the fact that you're deaf or the fact that you're blind does not mean that that painting is not, does not exist, is not real, or that the symphony does not exist. They are both very real. They're just not real to you because you're blind or you're deaf. And that's what faith is. Like how, do we, how do we bring into reality something that is not currently, so to speak, in our, we, something that is true, but it's not currently, we don't experience it as such. How do we bring that into reality? How do we substantiate that in our lives? That deliverance from sin, where God says, you are dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. How do we bring that into reality? We do it by faith. Okay, we do it by faith. Faith in the finished work of Jesus, faith in his resurrection. And anything, anything that contradicts God's word is a lie. Anything that contradicts God's word, it's a lie from, from the devil. We're all familiar with Ephesians chapter 6. The whole armor of God. I just wanted to focus on, on one verse. Above all. Paul says, above all. Take the shielding, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one.
The devil is always trying to attack our assurance. And he does it with accusations. And when do accusations come? When we sin. Okay? That is why Paul says to us to take up the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. So regardless of whether you feel that you're dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, the fact is you are. For you to experience it, you must do it by faith. Okay? You must experience it or substantiate it, as it says in Hebrews 11, by faith. So when the devil attacks you and you've failed, take up that shield of faith. I'm, I've died with Christ and I'm alive to God. I've died, I'm dead to sin and I'm alive to God in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians says, Second Corinthians 5 says, we walk by faith, not by sight, not by appearance. You may have heard this illustration before. <clears throat> illustration of fact, fate, and experience. Fact, fate, and experience were walking along the top of a wall. Fact walked steadily on, turning neither to the right nor to the left, and never looking behind. Fate followed and went well, all went, and all went well so long as he kept his eyes focused upon fact. But as soon as he became concerned about experience and to turn to see how he was getting on, he lost his balance, tumbled off the wall, and poor old experience fell down after him. So true, isn't it? It is so true. We are so concerned with our experience. So concerned with our experience. All temptation involves looking within. We look within ourselves, or a lot of temptation involves looking within ourselves, taking our eyes off the Lord taking our eyes off the finished work of Jesus on the, on the cross. I mentioned last week that I, I had a dream job for a number of years, uh, and I failed to mention that one aspect of that dream job was I got two all-expenses-paid trips to Israel. And... Uh, it was great, a great experience both, both times, and uh, please God, we, uh, we'll get there again with, with my family sometime. Um, but on the first, the first time I went there, uh, there was a friend of Audrey's was, was over there, and she was learning Hebrew at the time. Sharon was her name. And, and there was another girl over there as well who was in Bible college, whose name actually happened to be Audrey. And uh, so I met up with them when I was, when I was over in Israel. And I said to them one day, I said, you know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see 
the garden tomb. I'd love to see, you know, you know, where Jesus was alleged to have risen from the dead. Now, there's, there's dispute as to where he actually rose from the dead, uh, but the garden tomb is, is one of the um, candidates. And as somebody said, even if it wasn't where he rose from the dead, it should have been, because it's, it's, it's a lovely spot. And so I said, oh, I'd love, I'd love to, to go to see the garden tomb. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, we'll bring you, we'll bring you. I said, oh, great. And said, we'll meet you outside the, I think it was the Damascus Gate at, you know, 5 p.m. So it's great. So off, off we went to the Damascus Gate, as you do, uh, 5 p.m. And uh, there they were, a big wave. So we, we all headed off. And um, I think it was, we went, was it up the Kidron Valley we went? Name dropping here. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we, we got up and uh, we arrived at this beautiful, beautiful garden immaculately laid out and lovely lovely trees you know these trees that you get in you might get them in Italy or the Mediterranean I'm not sure what the name of them are the tall dark green trees beautiful place very peaceful place and um, quite a number of tourists there I was looking around. He says, "Oh, this is this is really nice," but in the back of my mind, I said, "It's it's not what I it's not what I thought. It it doesn't look like the place I I imagined the garden tomb would be." And uh, I said, "Yeah, it's lovely, really nice." And I said, "Well, where where where's the actual tomb? It's where's the tomb?" You know, the stone rolled away, and uh, they both looked at me. Oh, 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 you meant the garden tomb. Oh, sorry, this is the garden of Gethsemane. <laughs> so uh, we had to rush, we had to make a dash before the garden tomb was, was closed. We got there eventually, and, and true enough, it was, it, was a, it was a beautiful, beautiful spot. But that's often the problem with us, isn't it? These, these two girls, two ladies, you know, one was studying Hebrew, the other was in Bible college, and they were bringing me to the garden, garden of Gethsemane, when I should have been at the garden too. And, you know, we can have, you know, a lot of knowledge of the scripture, but we end up in the garden of Gethsemane, we end up agonizing over... Um, temptation or sin or whatever it is, just again, you know, you know, trying to work things out and getting our head all, all all messed up, where we should just simply be going to the garden tomb. We should simply be living in the resurrection life of Jesus by faith, the belief that Jesus has died, we have died with him, and we are resurrected with him. The, the Bible says we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. The Bible says we are dead indeed, but not in ourselves. And this is the key. We are not dead in ourselves. In fact, it doesn't take long for us to see in ourselves. There's, there's definitely some old man rising up quick enough. We are crucified in Christ. Crucified with him. 
So the bottom line here is that if we want to have a life where we are overcoming sin on a daily basis, we cannot do it in ourselves. And sometimes when, when you read a, a chapter like Romans 6, you can have two reactions. Go, yeah, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live for Christ. I'm going to present myself for, uh, to God and I'm, I'm really going to go for it from this day forward. Which, you know, in, in many ways is a good response. Another response is, I can't. I can never do that. Okay? And there's a good in that as well, because you can't. Okay? But what you need to do is marry. I can't. I want to. I can't. That's, for, that's why it's in Christ. It is in Christ. That is why we need, by faith, by faith, to go to that garden tomb. We need by faith to believe that that's where we are. We are uh, resurrected with Christ. It is in Christ. Everything is in Christ. And I know it's, it's one of those phrases that we hear so much as Christians, but it is a foundation in Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, not in of myself. John 15, John 15, 4 <coughs> says, Abide in me. Abide in me. And I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. God wants us to be fruitful. He has us here for a purpose, to be fruitful. Created, uh, God has created us for good works in advance in Christ Jesus. He wants us to be fruitful. Satan wants us out. He wants us out of Christ. He wants us to get us out of Christ so we're not abiding in Christ. How do we abide in, in Christ? How do we do it? It is by faith. It is by faith in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 3, <clears throat> verse eight, 18 says, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. It is when we look at God, we look at Jesus, what he has done, and by faith, by faith, believe that we have died with him that we, he starts transforming us. So, short enough message this morning. Um,
But I, I really believe, for me, it's certainly spoken to me, um, that it's, it's kind of sim quite simple. It's not struggling with sin and trying to overcome it. And, you know, there can be times when that happens. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. But what I'm saying is that we're no, one, we're no longer under grace, under law, we're under grace. And it's, it's by faith. It's by faith. Don't let, the, don't let the devil take you out of Christ. It's not by ourselves. It's only when we're in Christ. And how do we get in Christ? By faith. By faith in what Jesus has done. And I do believe that when we start walking by faith, that God will do the rest. He, he, did every, he did everything by sending Jesus on the cross for our salvation, for our justification, so to speak. And similarly, he's not going to ask us now to do everything ourselves, to uh, you know, become like him. Again, it's the power, it's the resurrection power of Jesus at work in, our, in us. And how do we get that resurrection power? Do we meditate you know do we um what's the word um go through a penance it is by faith it is by faith when paul was talking to the galatians he says oh you foolish galatians who has bewitched you you started out in faith and now you're going to works okay so it is by faith in that what what god's word says that we are crucified with Christ and the same we are alive to God in Christ Jesus amen amen father I I, I know um, I know this can be quite a Lord it can be quite I feel quite a theoretical thing Lord but I do pray um, you'll just help help us Lord um, make it real lord as as hebrew says lord substantiate it make it real in our lives father in jesus name amen amen, amen.